0: Rebecca Toulouse was born in Ridgewood, New Jersey. She was adopted at the age of one month old and she grew up in Ellicott city, Maryland. Rebecca has a bachelor's degree from state university of New York, Geneseo in communicative sciences and disorders. And she has been a medical claims adjuster for the past 15 years. Rebecca was diagnosed with fetal alcohol syndrome at the age of 34. She has become an FASD self-advocate through doing trainings and podcasts. She has been married for 16 years, and she has two amazing boys, one who just turned 13 and one who is eight. They also have a beagle named Noah, who since COVID has become her companion as she works remotely. After COVID-19 struck, she began searching deeper into her faith, and in the past three months incredible opportunities have presented themselves to her. She is walking in faith and she is both excited and nervous about where her journey will lead her. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians five verse seven. So welcome to today's episode. I am so thrilled to have on our episode on our little show, FASD Hope, an author, an advocate, a mom, a wife. Uh, She wears so many hats and she is especially inspiring to me as as a mama of a young adult son who has an FASD. I have Rebecca Tulu on today's show. Rebecca, welcome to FASD Hope.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I am just thrilled. I had your book when it first came out and it, I think I was telling you before we started talking that it came into my life when uh, we were still in a dark place, um, just with learning about FASD and learning about just how everything works when, when you learn about FASD and when you learn about it and accommodate and, and everything. So I really appreciate it. In fact, I'm, I've got my hands on it right here. It's just <laughs> been such a great book and I've recommended it to so many people, especially parents who have kids that, you know, are in harder places, just just as a story of hope. And I love the title, Tenacity. It's it's just, it's perfect. It's a great read. And for any of you listening out there, it is on our website under our resources, under our recommended reading, Tenacity. I highly recommend it, highly recommend it. So Rebecca, let's just talk a little bit for our audience members who don't know your story um, can you just share a little bit about your journey and about what led you to to where you are now?
1: Sure. So um my name's Rebecca, as you know, and I was actually adopted out of New Jersey through Bethany Christian Services when I was a month old. My parents, uh, Debbie and Rich Pulak, they uh went through adoption. Um, I have an older brother, actually, that's their biological son. Um, And they had him and then they did have a baby girl uh, after him who passed away um, after I think a couple weeks due to being premature and she had some heart issues. So after that, um, they started to heal and they prayed and they went towards adoption. And then they got me and actually I was adopted on Valentine's Day. So that was kind of cool. So they brought me home and they were told I was a healthy girl and Um, As soon as I got home, everything started to fall apart in terms of my health, and nobody could figure out why. So uh, I was underweight. I wasn't eating. um, I had failure to thrive, which the pediatrician told my parents. I might be fetal alcohol um, related, but that was in 1980, and they didn't know anything about my birth mom. They said that she did drink during pregnancy, but... Again, back in 1980, drinking wasn't it, it wasn't known to cause as much damage as we know now. So um, I had constant ear infections; uh, it, it was bad. So my parents were scared. Uh, they had me tested for every single thing that they could think of. Cystic fibrosis. I had genetic testing done. Everything came back negative. So I got tubes in my ears when I was around 18 months and then um, thank goodness I started to thrive and eat and I walked and talked on time and so all like the diagnosis of fetal alcohol kind of fell by the wayside. And um, I just I grew up a happy kid and I did good in school um, until I reached college and then. I had little quirks, social quirks, and I loved everybody and I could be a little too friendly. Um, So, yeah, so I had quirks. um, And then at age 34, uh, (laughs) I got in a huge fight with my mom and then she called me and said, look, you and I have had a strained relationship for a while now. After our big fight, I think you might have fetal alcohol based on all the things that I got in this pamphlet. So, I got diagnosed at 34 by a pediatric geneticist in Albany. Yeah.
0: Wow. And I'm just nodding as you're sharing your story because, <laughs> you know, our son also had all those medical issues, which, you know, when you're going through it, you, and people don't connect the dots, you just, you know, you're just acquiring them. But then when you get that diagnosis of having an FASD, it's just like, oh, yeah, you know what? It, everything is connected. Yeah. So I'm just nodding like my head emphatically <laughs> while you're t- telling this. So as you were growing up, what accommodations did you find that helped you? Um, because you are successful. You, you went to school. You're working. You have a, a beautiful family. As you were growing up, like, can you think about some of the accommodations that were especially helpful for you?
1: So yeah, so it's, it's funny, because when I was younger, like I didn't get diagnosed until, you know, 34. So when I went through school, I did really well. But um, I am very good at rote memory. Um, So I did really well with, um, you know, if I had to memorize spelling words, I did very well with that. The schools I went to, the class sizes were probably like 22 kids. But the teachers I had were very helpful, and I I guess it was a very visual learning, uh, learning classroom. Um, but I did fall apart with uh, outlines and having to write outlines on stories, but the teachers were always there and very helpful. Um, and they would help to any degree they needed to, even if that meant starting an outline for me, and then I would finish it. So they were, the teachers were very amazing, but nobody knew if anything was different about me, including myself. I lived in a very structured home, not very strict, but structured in that we had a huge wall calendar in our kitchen and I think it had everything on it. It had everything that I had to do every day, everything everyone had. I lived by that. So I knew what to expect every day. What if I had softball or basketball or piano or if anybody had appointments, it was a lifesaver. And I always knew what to expect. And we never overwhelmed, my parents never overwhelmed me with a lot of things to do. So that was good. Like I didn't have to do five things in one night. I would be in one sport per semester, per season. And it was good. And my parents, my mom will tell everyone, they just treated me like a neurotypical kid. They didn't know any different because I was very mild. And I am the epitome of the invisible disability.
0: Yes. And what you're sharing, those accommodations are wonderful. And they're actually accommodations that my husband and I used when our our son was little. You know, just having a visual calendar and having things up there. So many people have said that, both, you know, professionals and both, you know, adults that have FASD, having those visual cues, those visual reminders, not just people that have neurodiversity, you know, anybody having visual reminders of things. I think for me, it's like you said, it's, it's like kind of soothing that, you know, oh, okay. Yep. I have to do that today, you know? So, and then I, I love, and I also abide by what you said about just one sport or one activity per season Mm -hmm. or per semester. Really? I mean, because not only is that good for your child to just really enjoy that activity or that sport, but it also gives you time to still be a family. You know, you, you <laughs> yep. still have dinners and you, you're not going somewhere every night, maybe a couple of nights a week, but not every night.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, so that's great. That's great. Now, what do you think are the accommodations now that you're using as an adult that are the most helpful for you?
1: So as an adult, it's funny. I actually bought one of those calendars, but I bought it off Amazon and I'm not good with sizing and like how, tall and big things are. So it was not what I wanted. It was very tiny. So I use my phone calendar and it works pretty well. Um, as long as I don't skip ahead to the next year, which I've done before. And I, put, I have to I put, I put appointments on the wrong year. Yes, I have to like, you know. call me. Oh, you missed your appointment. But, um, yeah, I use my phone calendar. I do make lists, um, like on paper and, um, I'm trying to think and um, well, like, so I have two kids now and they are 13 and eight and they're wonderful boys, but with them growing up, we, my husband and I, we have them do only one sport and they're good with it. So I can stay relaxed and I'm not as stressed as a parent because we try to limit their activities as well. So we can still be a family unit, but um, that works in my favor too. So an accommodation for me is we don't pack our life full of stuff. Oh, I love that. I I can't, I can't, I, I can't be that person. I would be a disaster. I love that. Yep. But I use weight too. So the weighted blankets, if I get very anxious, weighted, a lot of weight helps me. It's very, Yeah. yeah. It's very grounding for you. It is. Yep. Yep. That's that's
0: good oh, i love I love hearing that. So before we talk some more um about uh, your projects and your awesome book and your blogs and everything, let's talk about your strengths because you have some amazing strengths, including writing, which is just i, I again, I read your book i uh, you know I recommend it. I read your blogs, I read your posts. Let's talk about your strengths because that is really important for people to know, not just people that have an FASD or a neurodiversity, but anybody that when you focus on your strengths and especially as a parent, when you focus on someone's strengths, you're really helping to build confidence. So let's talk about your strengths.
1: One of my strengths is I have been, um, an insurance adjuster for medical claims for, um, two insurance companies now, for 15 years. Wow. And so one of my strengths is I can perseverate on certain things. And it goes back to when I was searching for my birth family. I perseverated on finding all the information I needed to put pieces together. And I would go to any link, any site to find the information I needed. So as an insurance adjuster, I do medical claims and there's a lot of fraud. I am very good at figuring out fraud and I am very good at finding it um, because I become interspersed and and intertwined in finding out what that fraud is. So I kind of perseverate on the over and over again on all of the links to find where they really live and what they really do. And um, so, yeah, so that's I mean, I. I use my perseveration, I guess, to a strengthen it as like a
0: superpower.
1: It's yes, like a absolutely. super
0: and that's what you know, a doctor once um, at a conference I was attending a couple of years ago said that, you know, sometimes with perseveration, especially with people that have neurodiversity, people think of it as, you know, oh, it's negative, which in quite a few instances it can. But what he said was he called it hyperfocus. You know, yeah. when, when you're doing something that, you know, like what you're doing, you're doing an important job. You have that ability to just totally hyper-focus and yep. that, that's fantastic. I think a lot of people would want that.
1: Yeah. That's great. Yep. fun. I love it. I do. That's awesome. Yep. So, so what are
0: some other strengths? I know writing, how did you cover your love and your passion and your strength in writing?
1: So. When I was younger, I wrote poetry when I was like six and seven years old. It was really bad poetry, but it was cute. It always rhymed. And I used to write Christmas cards for my family. and I would make them rhyme. I thought they were wonderful. But looking back on them, they were. But that's how I started. I loved. We're our
0: own words. worst critic.
1: <laughs> but I loved words. And then I just, I loved writing stories. For school, we would have writing workshop and I loved it. I just, I love how words flow together. And then when I started searching for my family, I just started taking notes and I just put it all together in a book and I put it out there. But I I love it and I love putting words out there for other people to read. And it's always been very cathartic for me. I used to keep diaries when I was younger and journals, I still have them. So I like to look back and I'm like, oh my, like boyfriends and oh, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, it released a lot of um, angst and it was, it's cathartic. It really is. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Now, do either of your sons like to write? So it's funny, my youngest, he, um, if I sit down and write, he has this book that he's started for a year now. He's eight. So he started a book about a wolf. And he's written a paragraph, but he loves to write. And my older one, um, he's creative, but more in like the Lego sense and the building. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yep, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, he's not really a writer, but <laughs> the younger one is absolutely.
0: That's great. Yep. That's awesome. So let's talk about your book, Tenacity. It's an amazing journey, and you just so eloquently take us through you know, it's just such a ride that you've been on through learning, you know, about your birth family, learning about just everything. What are some key points that we can share with our audience so that they can go out there and get this wonderful book? What are some key points that you think you really wanted to share in your book?
1: So uh, like you said, the book takes you through when I decided to, I think when I decided to search for my birth family, which is different for everyone, but it it really helps people. I think it tells people what was going through my mind and what can help them when they're searching, that there are so many different emotions that go with it, emotions that you would not even expect. There is an emotion in there that when a certain event happened, I didn't think I would respond the way I did, but I did. And it's just, it, it's helpful for adoptees. And then I intersperse things about my um, diagnosis. And I think that is great for those who think they might have fetal alcohol. It's uh, great for parents and educators to kind of look into their who think their child might have an FASD and try, just try to look into their child's world and be like, oh, well, this happened and this happened. And, oh, I see that Rebecca said this. So maybe, so it, I think it's a great resource for parents and educators.
0: I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And I think, again, this is such a good read, not only because like you said, you share your journey as an adoptee, and then you put in how you learned about your FASD and, and, and that, but it's just the way you write is just so nice to read. I, I don't know how to phrase it in better words, but it's just, I read it. And like I said, we, we were still just going through so much, you know, and, and I read it and it was just like, okay, it, it was just almost like it was, you know what, the word I'm looking for, it was reassuring. It was, re- it was reassuring for me. And I can say that I, I i haven't read it in a little while, but like I said, I read it a while back ago. If I go back and read it again, I'm sure that, and I have highlighted sections, I'm sure I would go back and highlight new sections and things because it's so true. You, you go through such a myriad. I can imagine you go through such a myriad of emotions on both your journey of finding your birth family and then also learning about your having an FASD. So um, I, I I can only imagine. So let's talk about how not only through your book you advocate, but let's talk about some of the other things that you have done and that you are doing to advocate for FASD and for being an adult adoptee.
1: So um, once I got diagnosed, I decided that I wanted to be an adult advocate for FASD. So I just researched anywhere and everywhere in the United States that dealt with FASDs. And one of the main um, platforms was the Proof Alliance, which used to be MOFAS, uh, Minnesota Organization for Fetal Alcohol Syndrome, which I love their new name. I know. Because it's a play on words, kindness. But um, I put in my very first proposal with them ever. I've never written a proposal before. So I put one in and I told my story and they took me on as like a panelist with other young people diagnosed and I got to tell my story and um, it was amazing. And then I just went from there. I spoke at adoption conferences in Albany and I had parents come up to me and teachers and just that's the best part about it is that, I speak because I like to speak and I like to write. But when someone comes up to you that you don't know and says, you need to keep doing what you're doing because you've just you're changing so many lives. Yes. And not many people have come up and said that, but a few that have, I'm like, that it's so reassuring. Yes. I love to speak. And COVID has taken, you know, taken me off of that platform for a little while. But I get to do this now. So I'm So yes. absolutely. So yeah, so now I am an advocate through speaking podcasts. I started a blog. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm learning and it's called quirking it, adulting with FASD because I have, you know, us with FASDs and even neurotypicals, we have quirks. Mm-hmm. We all do. And um, I embrace mine. My children know my story and they embrace it too. And we all laugh about my little quirks. And um, so it's great. So I do have a blog out there. I'm still getting down how many times to write and navigating it. But um, adults with FASD and anyone else, parents, educators, um, check it out. It's uh, with FASD.com. And I, dot com? I don't
0: even know. <laughs> we'll share. We'll share. We'll share that resource on on our program notes. We'll share that resource in our program notes. Now, something interesting an observation I have. Sometimes I I talk with you know I speak with authors and um they're more comfortable with writing versus talking. Now and then of course I speak with professional speakers and they're more comfortable with speaking versus writing you seem to have a comfort in both levels, which I love you, you, you know, talking with you, you seem, you know, very comfortable talking with me just as, you know, you, you are writing something, you know, cause I, I read your blogs and I've, I've read your books. So I think talking and speaking and advocating, I would definitely call it one of your strengths because, you. you know, some people are one or the other, but you seem to have that both really, really well. So um, awesome. I, I just love hearing that. I love that. I feel like I have known you for a long time, and I don't know if that's social media talking or what, but no, you just—you really have. You have such a great, warm personality, and I really
1: do. And I think you. when I have chatted about, I am more in my faith these days. Yes. And just things have been happening. It's weird when I saw your podcast or when I first heard about you, I didn't know that you were um, faith based. Yeah, and it just you fell in my lap, kind of, and so did Sandra. And it's things. I don't have been think
0: happening. we fell in your lap. I think no. the Lord placed I us in yes, your lap. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I, I, amazing I don't believe in coincidence.
1: Amazing yep. things that have been happening, and <sighs> it's amazing. So yeah, you are definitely in my life for a reason. And- oh my goodness, that makes my
0: heart feel so good. Oh my goodness, and you know that's why my husband and I started FASD Hope because we didn't want to be afraid to talk about our faith, because our faith was, is, is huge for us in this journey. It was, and it still is, and it will be. And we wanted our guests to have that, ability to talk about it. And because so many of us in the FASD community, you know, like I'm thinking about like, you know, Jodi Culp, who is just like she is an amazing, an amazing mom, an amazing, you know, parent advocate. And thinking about others, you know, like Sandra Flack and and just those that just have, they're so grounded in their faith and they're just like such an inspiration. So when we started FASD Hope, we wanted to, you know, we wanted our guests to be able to feel that way. And, and we also wanted to communicate Communicate that in this journey, in this hard journey of adoption and of FASD and of just everything that comes in, that for for us, my husband and I, that we couldn't do this without God. We couldn't do this without Jesus. This, you know, my most broken moments as a mom were the moments that God used to transform me into what. We're doing now. You know, I would, if you had asked me three and a half, four years ago that, you know, hey, do you know you're going to be leading a podcast and it's going to, you know, you're going to just help and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you know, my life is so messy. I don't even know what to do, you know, but it is. So, so tell yeah. us how that I'm glad you are talking about that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Tell us about how your faith has just grown and what you've learned from it.
1: So, um, I'll tell you a quick story um so when I was a senior in high school and this is in my book too but um I don't bring this up a lot but um it it is FASD did play a role um my impulsivity definitely was there when I was a senior in high school I um I was in a relationship with a teacher um and a he was also my track coach and um my parents you know we were a christian based family i my that relationship broke them broke them it broke the family it was horrendous um but fast forward i went to college and i was still in this relationship um emotionally so i was 18 uh, i was 16 when it started emotionally because we are all a little more immature i was probably 12 if not younger So I did, you know, I wanted to, you know, be good to this man and I wanted to, you know, I wanted his attention and his love. And um, so fast forward, I went to college and I was dating him and I really didn't have a relationship with God or um, any of my friends at college until there was this group in our varsity Christian fellowship. And uh, they were very, you know, Christian and I started hanging out with them. And, um, I went to a prayer group with them and I just wrote out a prayer and fast forward a week later. Um, it was to be better and more close with my family. And, uh, I realized that that relationship with that man was, uh, not good. And, uh, it was horrendous and, um, I was a victim more or less. So with God's help, I uh, broke off the relationship for good this time because I we broke up like three other times in high school. Um, And then my relationship with my parents grew and I kept that Christianity in my life. Um, But after I graduated, it kind of, I fell out of it again. Um, I didn't go to church and I'm not saying you have to be, go to church to be Christian. I just, it wasn't on the top front of my, in the forefront of my mind. And now just recently, um, I don't know what it is. If it's, if it's just people I've been meeting like you and San- Sandra, but, um, Sandra, but it's just something's happening. Like I just, I go to church now virtually with my parents
0: mm-hmm.
1: to their church in South Carolina. And I love it. It's just, I love the worship team. I run, you know, I'm training for a half marathon. I noticed I run, that too. That's awesome a mile too but um uh, I listen to Christian music when I do it yeah. and it's just, it, it's something uplifting yes and there's just so many things going. so Christianity is back in my life and my faith is back it is tough because um not everybody here is in the same place yeah so yeah. um I don't really want to go into that but it, it's very tough it's very tough but my faith is back so now I just have to trust in God that that he's going to guide me through the
0: next. Okay. So for the record, everybody, you're if you're listening, I've got your back, Rebecca. I've got your back. You can email me, you can text me. I'm going to give you my cell number when we're done because I know what it's like when you are renewed in your faith. I know what it's like when you you know, especially when, you know, when my husband and I were baptized, when our daughter was just born, we were in an area, you know, that, you know, was predominantly, you know, not Christian, you know, Um, and it was more about religion than about relationship. And I can say that, first of all, the worship music, I love worship music. And and, oh my (laughs) goodness, it's so big. That's what I listen to, you know, when I need, you know, just motivation and inspiration. But I can tell you when having, when you have somebody that's got your back spiritually and that says, you know what, you can do this, you know, like Sandra, like me. And again, I'm putting this out there and there are, I'm sure there are going to be other people listening to this podcast who are probably going to message me and say, tell Rebecca, I've got her back too.
1: Because
0: (laughs) that's honestly, that just makes, it makes... It makes it worthwhile, you know, when, when you're, when you're serving the Lord and I don't know if you realize this, but your story is a testimony. It really is. And you sharing your story and you went some really hard, you know, through your story, especially what you just shared to me and what you went through the words there, there was this poem I posted probably a few weeks ago that the words in your story can be the Page of a survival guide for somebody else who is
1: going. Yes,
0: and and I I think what you're sharing is that. So. I am taking my words and I'm giving it to you for your survival guide. And I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to hold your hand and help you through this because I, I know that faith is about relationship. It's not about religion. In fact, our pastor, we home church too now because of COVID. So (laughs) we home church and we, and I know uh, quite a few friends of of ours have said it's actually brought our family and it's brought us closer Yes. I love home churching. Before. I mean, it's just me. But yes. I yep. Yes. I love home churching. I do. And you know, our pastor has said, and he's, he, we watch our church in New York and, and our pastor has said, he's the one who baptized us. He says that, and I love this, and this is for you, Pastor Nathan. Um, he says that religion is man's way of reaching to God, but Jesus is God's way of reaching man. And that right there, it's, it's just about relationship, you know? So thank you so much. Oh my goodness. I, I, oh, I'm holding my heart because I just want you to know that I, I care and I am going to be there. And, and I, people are listening, probably going, okay, <laughs> but that's okay. You know, this is, this is, this is part of this, this beautiful, um, Journey that we're on. It's broken. It's messy, but you know what? It's we're redeemed in the end. By yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: So I I love that. Praise God. That is so awesome. (laughs) I know you were just on Sandra Flack show, Orphans No More. Um, What else are you doing? Just because you know we don't know how long we're going to be, you know, quarantining and Mm -hmm. and like you. And here's another thing: a connection we have arson has a lot of medical issues too. And people don't realize that when you have medical issues, you gotta isolate because it's not so much, you know, for our kids, it's not so much the COVID that might get you, even though the COVID is pretty bad, but it's all the underlining thing, you know, underlying things that could go wrong, you know, like the heart and the other stuff. So what, what are some, what are just some other things that you're doing to, to hopefully just help get, you know, advocacy out there?
1: So um, as I mentioned earlier, Sandra and I are trying, I, I reached out to her and I said, I feel like the East coast, just the Albany area, <laughs> New York yeah. needs help with the advocacy yeah. And her and I both want to do something, we just don't know what. So she was going to reach out to some people. I yeah. tried reaching out, haven't heard back from anyone. Uh, I don't really know where to go. But I mean, I thought about, it's so funny, I thought about um, creating um, like a 5k and having the proceeds go to FASD. i
0: love that i so love that.
1: that you could do a yes. virtual I, I was just gonna say, to say
0: a, a virtual 5k for <laughs> faSD that's brilliant yep. so now
1: that's virtual i might be able to afford
0: it so and i have, I
1: have, I have thought of that for years. <laughs> and I
0: have not, I ran my first 5k when I was 43 and I'm going to be 50 this year. So seven years ago I ran and it was in Dutchess County in New York. So I will, you know what I will. And I bet you my son, my son does a, a mile under 10 minutes. It's amazing. Oh um, and me, I do a mile under 20 minutes, <laughs> Is
1: that where I am right now?
0: <laughs> but Oh my goodness. That would be amazing. That's a fantastic. Okay. So anyone who's listening, (laughs) anyone who's listening, if you can help Rebecca and and us, because I'm going to get on board with this too. If you can help us get this virtual, let's have a virtual 5k for FASD this year. I love it.
1: (laughs) So that was a thought I had a few years ago. And I'm like, I looked it up and I guess to actually have one, if it's not virtual, it's expensive. And I'm like, oh, well, now it's virtual. So people can run on their own. Exactly. And just like, I'll give them shirts. I'll give them. They, you belt.
0: even get medals. I did one when I was living in New York. I did one and it, I can't remember for what it was, but I got the coolest little medal and I still have it. It's, yeah. Yeah. You get yeah. cool swag.
1: <laughs> I would love to do that. And I think that would just advocacy work. I just don't feel yeah. Um. right now. I'm not doing much. I have, you know, the boys are one's hybrid. One's in school full time. Yeah. yeah. And usually by, uh, I don't know, by the time I'm done with work, because I'm on the computer yeah, all day, Yeah. I'm exhausted. And yeah. I something I'm looking for validation, and if anyone knows this in the FASD community, I've read very little on it. I have always required 10 to 12 hours of sleep, and people think I'm crazy. Um, and I tell them it's my brain, and it like over- Your brain
0: is over working time. over time, yes. Yeah. And yep. people
1: are like, no, you're just tired. And no. I get laughed at by my family because no. I wake up at 10 or 11 on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And my kids are like, yeah, it's Rebecca. My in laws so are like, yeah, she just sleeps, gets up late. I'm like, no. But no. I'm so tired.
0: Yeah. I feel for you. I know. And I think f- the, you know, I'm just a parent advocate. I'm not an expert, but from what I've learned about FASD and the way the brain works is that your brain is working overtime. So like, if you're thinking of like somebody who's just going through the day, your brain is working twice as hard. So you need that rest and your brain needs that rest, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, eight hours is just not going to cut it, you know, and yeah, that's
1: just really there. So that's just yeah, another,
0: issue. and that's, that's just not with fast but that's with a lot of other
1: a right. lot of other diagnoses yep. so yeah nope. i i totally yeah. so i'd love to uh anyone that has any insight on that um yeah yeah reach let me know you. and i'll put it on my website or reach my blog
0: out, reach out to us definitely yeah.
1: definitely just the, the 5k i think i will definitely um start Okay. So you heard it here
0: first, folks, (laughs) because, and we will advertise it and I will be, I haven't run in years, but I will run.
1: So (laughs) So,
0: out here in the country with the hogs and the cows. (laughs) I run by horses. They're beautiful. (laughs) I love that. I love that. This has been such an awesome conversation. I am so, so thankful. And you're coming back on this show especially, especially now that, okay, we have a mission. We're going to, we're going to do a virtual 5k. So you're going to come back on the show and we're going to talk about that. We'll have to think, I'm thinking like, you know, probably, you know, fall is usually a nice time of year to do, you know, fall is I do, I do, especially up there where you're at. Oh my goodness. I living (laughs) in North Carolina. I miss, I miss the fall. Yeah. Yeah. Fall down here is like you don't
1: miss the winter though the winters are hard no no
0: but you know what you we I'll trade you the winter for hurricane season so (laughs) I know I know I know so let's close this awesome conversation on what I love to call a hope takeaway which is giving words of hope for our listeners especially not only the parents and the caregivers of of those kids or teens or young adults that have an FASD but also for for those living with an FASD you have so much lived experience and you just have so much wisdom to share what are some words of hope that you can give to our audience
1: so I was thinking about this earlier so I wrote it down so I would not forget it um actually in one of the presentations I gave, my mom helped me with this, but um, a couple takeaways for those with FASD and just for anybody who's feeling overwhelmed, um, it is okay to say maybe another day. If you were asked to do something or things that you were just too overwhelmed at that point, just know it's okay, you are your own person. You can say, not today. It's okay to say not today. and then the power of mine to say, not this time, same thing. You're feeling overwhelmed. You have that power to say, not this time. Try me in a couple of days when I'm, you know, in a better place when I am more rested and not as busy.
0: So I love about- that. Yep. I love that. And we're going to write that down for everybody too, <laughs> because that is perfect. That is perfect. Rebecca, thank you so much for being on FASD Hope. You no, inspire thank you me. me Natalie. You inspired me. This is like a mutual love. It's <laughs> <laughs> <This is> like, <laughs> no, you inspire me. <laughs> Thank you so much again. And I will be, um, I'll be posting Rebecca's information in our program notes for today's show, as well as on our social media pages and whatnot. So you can find her. And if you want to reach out to Rebecca, um, you certainly can through her blog and um, also through her social media. And finally, if you haven't purchased the book Tenacity, buy it. It is going to be one of the best reads you will have in 2021. I can say that as a mom, and I can also say that as as an avid book reader. So, Rebecca, thanks again for being on FASD Hope.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Take care, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out fasdhope.com. Or please leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Podbean, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us next week. And remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.